Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Well, let's just uh, run right into it. Episode 23, we're getting up there again. Indeed, we're uh, climbing up there for sure. It's great to be doing so, though. I feel like we're really accomplishing something, even if nobody's out there listening. Hopefully not. Well, once again, I have no stats on this. I, I can't tell you, you know, whom is or isn't listening, and even if they're from Montana, if they are. So it's probably better that we don't know. Complete echo chamber, just the way it's intended to be with any podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of podcasts, unlike uh, other podcasts of inferior quality that we do not mention on this show, uh, we're not taking any hiatus. Uh, main competitors in this Montana politics podcast realm is out in for about a month or so. Really? Why is that? Do they uh, the, medical issues or? You know, I have no idea. Maybe it's a, a funding issue or or who knows. Uh, is they that that's their job? It's sort of part of their job as journalist reporters is doing oh, that podcast. I see. So, but they're uh, nonprofit, so their jobs. <laughs> Speaking of non we'll get into that. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the list in order here. Let's not get uh, too sidetracked. Uh, we already heard our business there, so let's go ahead and do our recaps here on episode 22, which was a uh, yet another zinger. Uh, we were keeping track of Bullock, um, or not keeping track of Bullock, because he's mysteriously out of the state in Iowa. Weird spot for a Montanan. Um, we talked about uh, Whitefish and how uh, I dislike it, um, how there's no Momo. is simply the new... Um, Thing to make you afraid. Uh, weed, crypto coal, we do have an update to that. And then sand for Lewis and Clark County, or, or lack thereof. Indeed. Uh, I want to just reiterate that again. There's no Momo in the fact that it will not pop up on your child's YouTube playlist. So uh, stop the hype. Stop being afraid of it. You are overreacting. You know, that doesn't stop. Uh, I think it was Lewistown. Did Great Falls have a, the police have an advisory about that or? Probably, but, you know, they they do advisories about a lot of stuff like that. Remember, they put out an advisory not too long ago about some door-to-door salesman running a scam. Then it turned out that whoever that person was doing door-to-door sales had a legitimate license to be doing so. You need a license to sell door-to-door? Uh, something of that sort, I believe. Jesus Christ, I really hope I'm accurate on that. Recall that. They did warn about that, So, but uh, yeah. it sounds like the guy yeah. was... And legit, it, uh, it ended up being legit, but it was like it just came off as sketchy. And it's like, well, yeah, anybody doing door to door work in this year is going to be fucking weird, especially like I don't know about your place, but at my house, I've got a no solicitor sign, like explicitly right at eye level. And I'd, you'd be amazed at how many people continue banging right next to that fucking sign. As there's if, a reason for that. Exactly. And the whole time they're giving me their spiel. I'm just like, man, there's. Is this money going towards uh, Hooked on Phonics? Better be. Well, those no soliciting signs, of course, that is not uh, 
really enforceable until you say it. Um, I, for a time, I worked independent insurance sales, and part of it was door-to-door. Um, supposedly it wasn't. I was supposed to have inside leads, but uh, I got sold a bad bill of goods. Unfortunately, the people I, I, I sold to did not, uh, as it was a legitimate insurance company with just a crappy agency with the way they did business. So if you died, they did pay out, uh, as far as I know. Wasn't that bad, but door to door, and I was trained by the worst of the worst of salesmen, and they only took the worst car salesmen. Think of a tier below that, uh, the people that I was selling with, uh, got that eventually, but when we saw a no soliciting sign, that said to us that uh, you have that sign up because you do not have the willpower to say no. So we, we saw that as money signs whenever we saw those. So the only people that are deterred by those, I think, are the Boy Scouts. Wow, it sounds like a very fond memory of uh, your past there. You're looking back on there. Let's uh, let's not get too nostalgic, though, here, Jim. Not, well, I'm not going back into independent insurance sales, that's for sure. So not too nostalgic. He's out of the game. Uh, I got out of it and went to went back to school for a reason. I was like, this this is shitty. How long is the non-compete clause, though? Like, when, when can you get back with the band together? I think it was a year. So I, I'm good at this point. <laughs> but... That so, was uh, what I did before I went to uh, school to get my degree to do something fruitful. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm making crap tons of money, um, but you know what? At what cost to myself, essentially? Well, you know, Not I'm sure I can sleep a little bit better at night. Yeah, yeah, I sure can. And uh, fewer people call and to tell me how much of a shyster I am. So that's uh, <laughs> my situation's improved dramatically. That's a great descriptive word. Moving on. Um, Jeez, what else we got Crypto. going on here? Crypto call. Speaking of Crypto. speaking of sketchy business dealings. Well, the Gazette put out an opinion, the Billings Gazette. Uh, uh, we should stop citing them, too, because, um, you know, their paywall and their, their industry's dying. So well, Some paper well, out of the well. town in Montana. Yeah, some paper. But they put out an opinion that they're against this, uh, this sort of fast-track deal that's going through uh, the legislature right now to have Northwestern Energy take uh, basically controlling stake in coal strip uh and they are against it and they made several arguments uh against it that it undermines the psc which it does and it suggests that northwestern energy is passing on speculative uh you know risks onto consumers which it does and uh we and you discussed this uh weeks ago i think it was uh episode 20 or or a few back when this was first coming out so we're ahead of the billings gazette but that's not very hard yeah, um, as I recall in this one, Northwestern's, uh, you know, lo- making the move to do it there. Public service hasn't said anything on it yet. I have a feeling is going to have some fire to drop on him here about how this is, you know, illegal or he's going to put the brakes on it. Uh, hard stop, no. Uh, he's going to he's gonna come out with the daddy voice, I think, here. He's going to drop a because oh. I said so. Now go to your room. And then uh, after that, I think you're going to well, see NWE – Head on up to the room, tail between the legs, uh, crack open the laptop, and break out them creds. And uh, he- here's why Daddy Kavula sucks. Uh, dear Travis Kavula, tell, call Travis Kavula, tell him to stop beating his wife. But One of those ads. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen for a reason. And Travis Kavula did not run, and 2018 was his last year oh, really? in the Public Service Commission. Oh. Yeah, we uh, we missed out on that. I uh, totally which is missed probably why. That. He has moved to uh, somewhere on the east. He works for a conservative think tank. 
Oh, thinking away for them. Thinking away, exactly. He's, uh, I, I don't know, probably something in lobbying or something like that. More but likely. he was the sort of the, the sole voice, and of course he was the chairman of the board or chairman. Just like Vince. Yeah, he just like Vince. He was the chairman, and he uh, he was the biggest voice uh, sort of calling out Northwestern Energy from time to time, which uh, Northwestern Energy was not that uh, thrilled about. Well, now obviously. that this thorn has been removed from their side... Uh, is there going to be a new thorn, or is there going to be a Band-Aid put in place uh, to heal wounds? It doesn't sound like it. You know, Travis Cavula, who is um, my age, um, I think he graduated high school one year before I did. We went to high school together, uh, Great Falls High, the, the true high school in, in Great Falls. But yeah, he was a year ahead of me and actually sort of a de facto boss when I worked on the newspaper over there. And it, But he looks like a 40-year-old man at this point. <laughs> He's got the, and he looked like that still in high school. He had the male pattern baldness going on. He had his, all of his books in a briefcase. It was, it's like, you were going full Republican here, sir. He was, he was. So he is out and the people that are now in, and I tried to track him down to see if anybody had any independent, you know, stake in this, or if they had even a tweet or had, had spoken anything about Northwestern Energy. And it looks like uh, Travis was sort of the youngster that did the technology and knew what a computer was. Because as far as I can tell, none of the other commissioners even have a Twitter. Ah, jeez. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out then once uh, we get somebody new in there. Yeah, we'll see. Vote him in. Um, or, or try to. Still no comment about it. So apparently the Public Service Commission, for uh, whatever reason, doesn't think they have a stake in this. Which is unusual. <laughs> Strange. All right. Well, anyways. I'm not sure if they're representing us anymore. <laughs> dark money groups, no doubt. Anyways, uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, moving on. Next topic here. New topics. We got Medicaid expansion coming up here. We're not going to talk about where we got this information, but it sounds like. Um, uh, Bullock, well, they're no longer a podcast, possibly. So we can. Uh, I. Who? <laughs> we can cite them. Who? It's a it's a free alternative. Uh, yeah, it's this place with information about the state. Whatever. Anyways, Bullock's uh, vision for Medicaid expansion. Some say his presidential bid hinges on this. Um, you know, and they're. I'm sorry, Jim. I got to bring up the question though. If he's off in Iowa or Indiana, where the fuck he's at? Who's running the state? Who's watching shit right now? His uh, lieutenant governor. Who's that? You know, I don't even know, Bryce. I don't even know. Is that Jim Fox or something? No, he's no, the uh, attorney Fox. general. He's, I'm pretty sure he's uh, staunchly at odds with Bullock on a lot of shit too. But uh, ah, for a, it's Mike Cooney, a name I have literally never heard. Exactly. I wonder how uh, Cooney, if Cooney feels a little bit bitter, you know, left to run the entire state while Bullock's off trying to become a president. Here, you uh, you take my job, but none of the glory. Yeah, if it works out for him, um, or Bullock, uh, Cooney could have a shot at governor. I, I would assume that's the natural progression. Wouldn't take um, him as VP? Like, I wasn't a good enough, good enough uh, right hand man the first time around. What what gives? What gives indeed? No, you know the VP things. You got to pick, uh, you know, somebody. Uh, pull Sarah Palin again. Uh, who's the modern version of that? Uh, I don't know. She pretty much threw that entire campaign for him, though. So I don't know. If uh, she, I do recall that, that was one the, of uh, his biggest regrets: is picking uh, Sarah Palin as a runner mate. And biggest regrets, and I believe mind. basically any political strategist that had ever looked at it said the same thing: of like picking her was a uh, nail, not necessarily like the the final nail, but it was definitely uh, a structural uh, a point of structural integrity within his coffin build for his presidential run. 
it's unfortunate we'd have an entirely different country now. Or, or would we? Because as I recall, before Sarah Palin, I mean, we always had these crazy fringe right-wing people that nobody ever took seriously. Bill Gratz. I'm talking about the far right. Bill Gratz. We, 92, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was 92. I think so. So we had them out there, and we just sort of like laughed them off like they were... Um, uh, who was the guy that ran against uh, Clinton and, and Bush? Nader? The, the third-party candidate. Not, not Nader, the guy that actually did something. Um, the little guy who was rich. Oh, the little mousy fucking guy. I, I know what you mean. He's, I don't know, he was like uh, Jeff Sessions, but not as racist. I'm trying, I forget his name. Yeah, it's going to bug me now. It'll... Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank too, but yeah, it was sort of like that. And then, you know, these really far out people got legitimized and we got a tea party out of it uh, where all the crazies sort of got together. And, you know, then it just, you know, grew from there, and now we're in the age of Trump. I think that's an extension of that. Trump owes us presidency to Sarah Palin, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. She uh, definitely brought out a wild way to do things. Uh, Ross Perot, that was it. That was the guy. Uh, Ross per- Businessman from Texas, and that's why everyone uh, was probably down with it there, because he was, um, wow, he is still alive, Jim. He is 88 years old. Whoa. Jesus Christ, worth $4.1 God dang. Well, one could say he's a successful businessman, which, uh, well, we don't know. We can't say for sure if our current president is a successful businessman. There's compelling evidence to say that he's not. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't see anything. Let's see. Uh, it says he's pro-choice, supports gay rights, stricter gun control, such as an assault rifle ban and increased... Re- How is this guy from Texas? Jeez. Well, he's... Uh, He's sounding pretty libertarian yeah, for a second say, there, uh, then you started talking man, about guns. I wonder how much, you know, I'd like to see where the money's going. How much uh, from his bank account is hitting all uh, Beto's there? That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I, there's a limit on that, uh, but corporations, not a limit on that. So. Of course not. They're not people. Or are they? Who knows? The uh, left has their own uh, crazy factions that you, or if you want to call them that, and uh, I said we weren't going to bring her up on the cast, but we will talk about the Green New Deal, the the GND, which is uh, essentially no longer what I understand. And other than like pundit talking points, I do have to ask the question, does anybody know what's actually in the Green New Deal? Which also wasn't a deal, it was a resolution to make future deals, essentially. And we'll talk about resolutions a little bit further up because we've got one coming up towards the end of our cast here. I thought it was just a, but, a list of ideas that would be kind of neat. And I, that, like, I mean, they acted like it was like this is how the way it was portrayed to me is like this was going to uh, replace the Bill of Rights. And uh, it, it, the more I'm looking into it, it doesn't seem that way. And of course, it got shot down, but uh. shot down. But what is this? I had to go actually go look at the text and do a lot more reading from people's website that aren't even from montana because i don't think tester even had a statement on it because he you know didn't feel the need to ambitious goals and philosophies things we wanted to accomplish like there was no enforcement of it of course there's no consequences for not meeting these goals it was pretty much a resolution which is a statement saying these are the things we want to aspire to so there is uh as far as i can tell nothing in there about cows or um not having air travel um which is one of the many things we heard um, but I'm going to shake a finger at the media because nobody knows what's in it. And nobody, I think, understands that it's a resolution and not a real piece of legislation, I guess, when you put it that way. And that there was just 
they were talking about uh, tactical things, and you know, it works great when you don't want to talk about a subject. So the the media effectively sunk it, and you no, know, I have no feelings on it one way or the other. It's just a resolution, nothing that does anything of any consequence. It's just uh, another wing that that mainstream media is failing us. I feel it fails us both directions. It just not seems, just to the so the, left. There were no like uh, penalties or anything. So it's kind of like the Paris Accord that they said we should back out of because there's no penalties. Okay, well I guess we'll just keep doing things the way we're doing because it's working so well. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the, the climate currently has me a little bitter uh, given our extended winter period. Yeah, there's got to be something we can do about that. If it happens again consistently from here on, this is the first time it's happened, so I'm not going to squawk too much about it. But, uh, you know, if, if this stays consistent for five, ten years, I, I, I can't help but say, like, geez, maybe maybe there's a problem. Yeah, well, you know, some we'll say science or, scientists are in on it, but who knows? Yeah, they, Let, let's move be, on. Gotta... The whole thing puts a... A bitter taste in, bitter in taste the soul the there. Winter. We uh, do talk about economic issues here, and another local business is, is biting the dust. And I'm not sure if you ever went to the Owl Cafe in Laurel, Montana. I did not. Well, uh, then you're part of the problem for why they had to close, Bryce, because uh, that was a, a staple of the community, and it's where all the old farmers went to get their coffee every morning and spend uh, several hours. But, you know, charging 50 cents for a cup of coffee apparently doesn't pay the bills. I see. Well, um... Uh, you know, that's such a niche crowd to begin with, that old coffee crowd. You know, you don't see a lot of new people showing up to those events. Yeah, that's the problem. And, and they were fractured, too. I think the old people were split between Hardee's and uh, and the Owl Cafe for their coffee. That's uh, unfortunate, and it's sort of untimely. I mean, we talk about uh, things falling apart here, small towns dying, but that's not the case of Laurel. It's West Billings, pretty much. They they even got a Walmart. Uh, that's a growing community by all measures. Yeah, get, well, uh, I mean, this... if they're not really growing as much as Billings is consuming them. Yeah, it will soon be a suburb. It's only a matter of time. I couldn't find a mention of this anywhere. And Laurel is still reasonably small, even though they do have a Walmart, and they sort of are West Billings. I think that the Walmart there is mostly for um, the smaller towns, such as... Uh, uh, Red Lodge, your Joliet, and even smaller places for them to get their, their main shopping done. It's still pretty small, and one of their businesses is closing. I couldn't even find any mention of it uh, other than a, a blurb on the Country uh, 102.9 from Laurel. Sole operating country station, as far as I know there. Well, they would probably be the ones to uh, be top. They would know more about the subject than anyone else, I would imagine. Well, they, they are local. They, uh, that, isn't that what the country is all about? That seems like their market. It's sad to see uh, that local, place go. Uh, uh, in addition to that, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Shopco is also closing here in Great Falls. I think we discussed that last time as well. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, Kmart, Shopco, and uh, you're just going to have a big empty strip of land there, I guess. I don't know. I, met, I assume Amazon will buy it for a chain of warehouses for the area. That's good. Uh, we can get the we can name Great Falls to Amazon, Montana. That's the hope. Let's uh, yeah, move on to, um, there's some talk of mismanagement in family services. Uh, this one's coming out of Kalispell, and this is a topic that, one of the topics I went way too far deep into for a previous cast and was mes- misled by, you know, probably ill-doing people. Uh, if That was, you know, some episodes ago. But it did lead me down this rabbit hole, and I guess there's talk of this... Uh, or people have suggestions of this all around the state, not just uh, 
within Kalispell. So, um, the Daily Interlake is reporting this, and there is some interesting backlash coming through that. Because, of course, this is a... Uh, I don't want to dive into men's rights too much. We should never dive too far into men's rights. I'm, I'm just cringing here. Uh, continue. They are um, all sorts of up in arms about this. And there are people that are saying, specifically men's rights groups, specifically on social media, I, I won't mention them by name, that are saying that this is not you know, just an isolated incident. Because um, the Kalispell article does point out specific cases. However, they're saying that this is um, basically a representation of things that are happening in the entire system, even nationally, not just in Montana. I don't have much experience with that system. And, and if I ever get somebody credible to come on a cast... Uh, Perhaps learn a little bit from them on that. I see. Yeah, I wonder who's going to... Someone should fix that at a national level, sounds like. Well, we got top men up there right now, so lots of changes coming down. But I'm sure uh, Gene, I do... Gene Forte is right on it. <laughs> Our man on the inside. But, well, we'll uh, do a toss-out to podcasts, simply because I like Butte, because it's not Montana. It's uh, you know Butte America, as you know. From the Montana Public Radio, there's a Butte podcast. They just call it Butte Podcast, a simple name there. And I do hope their taste in podcasts is better than their taste in coffee. Yeah, you're not a fan of Butte coffee? I don't know if there is any Butte coffee. If there is, I'd like to taste it. But uh, I was talking about the Montana Public Radio, oh, all beans considered. Jesus. Yeah, it's not that what great. What a letdown. Um, I got to say, like I've since tried some other Montana coffee traders blends, and uh, they have one... Uh, it's like grizzly based but a portion of the proceeds go to like funding grizzly habitat or some shit like that i don't know it tastes pretty cool and it's got a pretty cool looking grizzly on the front cover so uh i figured that one is uh yeah i, I bought like two bags of that and i'm still working on it so after that though i i don't know if i find something different montana based coffee like i i'll probably jump on that instead but I did a shout out last time to Valor Coffee, and I also have the, uh, uh, the oh, coffee yeah. trade, Montana Coffee Hey, bring trade. some it's, of that uh, next time, will you? Yeah, I'll stop by uh, Lincoln and get some for you. Perfect. It's uh, the only place you can get it, as far as I can tell. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Better than Montana Coffee Traders, I'm sorry to say. But they're more boutique and a little bit more expensive. So they are you know, doing a podcast solely about Butte, which is a, a bold topic uh, to pick up. Is there that much to talk about Butte? I mean, how much can you talk about the lead in the air? I was going to say, are they uh, going into, like, the uh, going-ons of the town folk there, too? It sounds like it's going to be uh, historical. Uh, oh, well, I mean, in that case, you have quite a lot to talk about then. In fact, yeah, years, I was at a uh, relative's birthday party just this weekend, and we were talking about the uh, the Copper Kings. Now, money was exchanged on the, uh, the Senate, you know, stairs right outside. And as we talked about that before. They didn't have cameras, so it uh, didn't matter. Indeed. Then on top of that, we also um, talked about the Butte Water Park. Or water area, I guess, based off of the size, I've, I've been told. Oh, the pit? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mention that because the Daily Show at one point had a, a satirical piece about having a water park at Butte. And then, like, within the last two years, they went and made... A water park in Butte, like a legitimate one. I have not seen the Butte water park. I'm not sure where it is in relation to the Berkeley pit, but I really hope that it's above level of that. We go Well, they're going to clean up that pit. And speaking of that, well, they are draining that swamp. How exactly? Oh, well, they're just going to pump it into Silverboat Creek. Oh. Well, they're going to 
they're refining it or something. They're they're doing something. Um, but they are by the end of this month, they will be pumping that water into Silverbow Creek, clean water into Silverbow. Okay, Creek. I was gonna say this is sounds like it's gonna be somebody else's problem down the way a bit. Well, they're they're treating it. Uh, it supposedly you can drink it as they. And, and nothing bad will happen to you. This is coming from KXLF.com. Uh, that's the uh, the news station over there, I guess. They say uh, Montana Resources and Atlantic Richfield Company. Um, it's the company that's going to be doing it that's paid. Um, so they are. That's that's exciting. The the pit's going to get emptied. Ooh, man. I wonder if they'll turn it into like a concert venue or something. Wouldn't that be great? You know, they have the rocks. And the gorge, they could have the pit. I mean, Butte needs more tourism. Make the best they need to. They need something that can compete with the uh, Kettle House Amphitheater there in Zootown, and the uh, Expo Park. <laughs> laughable, but the Expo Park in Great Falls, and then the Metra, or the Rim. I guess it's the Rim Rock now in uh, Billings. Denny Mendholt, uh, you know, Mega Arena or whatever they call it over there. So, exactly, big car guy. So, so. So there's a water park in Butte. Uh, uh, maybe that's a good reason to check it out because um, I was looking at St. Patrick's Day coming up and there's not much of a better place to be than Butte on St. Patty's Day. So I'm still trying to sell it to the wife, uh, maybe as a mid-stop and a camping over um, uh, on the way to Billings. Are you taking all the kids with you? All the kids. Jesus Christ, I wouldn't take them to Butte for St. Patty's Day. Yeah, she's concerned about the lead in the air, but uh, I think that's the least of our problems. Uh, well, on, the on lead in the air days. and then the uh, lead in the, in the water there. I mean, the kids aren't allowed to drink the beer, so. Well, a different sort of contamination. I think the lead stays in, even if it's beer. You can't boil lead out, I don't think. I mean, all, all the, you're, yeah, I, I don't hear any pros to your case. That's a good point, other than you know drinking in Butte, which does sound fun. But you got the kids with you. That doesn't sound fun the slightest. You make a good point. It's just how do you make the kids tolerable? That's anyway. Let's uh, move on outside of Butte, uh, going up north to Kalispell. We're going to talk about seatbelts, about a bill that's going through, and Mister Frank Garner from Kalispell wants to make seatbelts a primary offense. And this this issue comes up every couple of years or every legislature session. Somebody tries to push this through. I see. Uh, you know, I, I think it's worth um, doing, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to... You know, because, I mean, it, it's such a stupid thing that people should be doing anyways. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You you should wear your seatbelt. Nobody's going to tell you that. I'm also going to tell you that you, you know, should not do meth. But I will say that it's not my right to force you at gunpoint to do it. Because when every law on the book is enforceable by death. You sit, get pulled over for not having a seatbelt. You're like, I'm not going to go to court for that. That's dumb. <laughs> And uh, you get a bench ward out because you don't go to court because you thought it was dumb. Uh, eventually, they're going to fine you. And you're like, well, I'm not going to jail for this. This is dumb. It's enforceable by death. Um, Do we need more of those laws? Uh, I, I think if you want to go through your windshield, that is your prerogative. Okay. Okay. Mine. Okay. Let, let me add a. Let me add a. Uh, uh, not necessarily complex, but let me add in a unique sidestep here. T- uh, uh, special circumstantial here. Uh, your children. Those are already covered. Are they? They are. There's already a law that your children have to be buckled, and that, I believe, is a primary offense. At what point? So if your kid is not in a car seat, they can pull you over for that. Hmm. So that I will agree you on. Um, what an adult 
choose to suggest and put. I don't think that you should be able to kill yourself and uh, put yourself at risk when you have children there in the car. I don't know. That's just me. Whatever. Well, oh, you're you're saying we it should be a primary offense if there's children in the car uh, for the driver. Absolutely. Every if there's children in the car, everyone should be. Uh, if there's children on the road, I feel personally that uh, if there's children on the road, you should have your seatbelt on. Well, I agree that you should have your seatbelt on. That's, you know, not really the question. I guess, guess where we're disagreeing is, um, do I have the right to tell you to do that? Which I, I don't think I do. And I don't think we need another law in the books. The thing about, you know, all these laws that, because like I just pointed out, are enforceable by death. Uh, and ultimately it will come to that if you resist. Enforceable by death is that they're never unilaterally approached. Thinking back when I was a teenager, I would get, I had one car that would get pulled over on daily, literally daily. I would get pulled over in this this car I, um, for no other reason than I was a kid and a lowrider, apparently. And you know the things like as an adult it was like there's a crack in my windshield and it's been there for a year and I've never cared about it. But these are the kind of things I remember when I looked like a punk kid that I always got harassed for by GFPD. So laws are not unilaterally approached, and they're. I'm not saying cops are bad actors. I think we discussed that in uh, Lives That Matter a while back. <laughs> They're not, but people have biases that they don't even know. Yeah, well... So I'm getting into a more of a macro subject there. Okay, apparently. well, I, I respect that, then. Uh, you make a good point. Well, let's uh, talk about Frank Garner from Kalispell. Well, maybe we can get some things we actually do agree on. We looked at him a bit deeper because, like, who is this guy? Seatbelts, and I just thought that was kind of ridiculous. So I was like, well, let's see what other things he's doing. And apparently this is his only real thing regarding seatbelts and automobiles it's not his pet cause or anything he has quite a few 911 bills in the works and something that i was surprised at uh he's pushing through a bill that allows reservations to participate in 911 systems and planning um and i'm just sort of surprised that that wasn't already you know, the fact um that it never occurred to me that that wasn't the case yeah it's weird uh with 911 and that i believe that uh bia and maybe not even bia but um the uh, tribal, even though they're within these counties, um, I think that the way it's set up is like they get a cut of the money for funding for 911, but then like they are still their own separate entity within that. It's the same way. It's like they would be, uh, you know, treated as if they were another county almost. Well, that's interesting. So the way we have the 911 system is, uh, complex and nobody can make any sense of it which is why another bill that mr frank garner has through um appears to be collecting taxes for a statewide 911 system which is weird because as far as i know and i went to the uh sitsd site to see if they had any mention of statewide 911 um that's the uh government agency that oversees the technological things for 911 and they it's not even on their radar there's not even a mention of it um they're make mentions of working with the counties and, and such. Uh, I'm going to go, no taxation without 911. Well, I, yeah, it collects fees for it, but there's no statewide 911 system. Yeah, that's probably going to change soon. Yeah, maybe. This is just, I mean, another piece this of legislation. Is, from what I understand, like, this is just 911 in general. Like, it's, uh, no place has got things done correctly in a row. Everyone's on the same page because... There's not a set list of standardized, um, you know, features that you can follow a lot of that stuff. So, anyways, it is what it is. Uh, I guess we'll see what uh, 
how his legislation goes and if he makes new legislation for something more of the word statewide 911. Is he doing only 911 stuff or is he because like the seatbelt one, I guess, thrown in with that's kind of random, but it, it did. And look at some of the other bills, they're they're you know pretty non consequential. Those are the ones that stood out, and he only ha- has activity on like 10 or 15 bills, not very many, so not very active. He's uh being a good Republican, so the best government is less government, and that includes your legislatures. Huh. Oh, good stuff. All right. So speaking of uh, government uh, treading upon people, it sounds like they're uh, they're 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 stepping in on the uh, on the wireless carriers potentially. They're trying to, um, and this is sort of what I alluded to earlier with the resolution, because this is a joint resolution, which is a um, uh, basically a statement with no authority or consequence behind it. Looks like Dunn and Olson, uh, two representatives, tr- urging the federal government, the federal you know Senate and Congress, to make changes to the Telecommunications Act of 1996, because currently um, regulation falls under the FCC, federal, so and that's under the Telecommunications Act of 1996. But he wants that uh, release so the states can make up their own choices on what they want done with cell towers or not. And it also further suggests that there's um, health consequences for RF exposure, which, um, as far as I know, has never been proven, even though it's been studied a lot. And one of the things they studied, I think, was uh, brain cancer with cell phones, obviously right next to your head. Yeah. That the uh, rates of brain cancer actually went down and have been decreasing since the early 90s, which is when cell phones really came on the scene. Yeah, you know, that's... uh... A lot of the more paranoid people, I guess, but I've heard of that a lot. There's a lot of concern regarding 5G rollout for that. Because, um, you know, they think they're going to use that to start pushing cancer into our brains and... And, and mind control and stuff. Uh, start depopulation the earth, you know, but um, we're going to have such good speeds, though. Like, will we care? Yeah, I, I hear you can get 10 gigabit uh, over wireless with these guys. and It's pretty insane. And it operates on a lot higher frequency than your typical 4G, which I think is 800, 900 megahertz. We're going way up into the gigahertz, I think uh, as far as 60 gigahertz, which is you know, very small wavelengths. Um, but also, you know, not everybody is an RF guy like, like I am, so <laughs> I do have some stake in this. But it's uh, a lot smaller wave, and there's less energy within those waves. And it's actually possibly a benefit to people that are concerned about their RF exposure, even though I think those concerns are completely not valid. Because as it is right now, you have a cell tower of high-powered uh, you know, transmitters at the top, and those are pretty sparsely located, but it is high-powered transmitters up there. And with the um, you know 5G, it's smaller transmitters and smaller cells. You're going to see less of these huge cell phone towers, uh, I think they'll still be there for some time, but it'll be, you know, small cells and sometimes cell sites you can't even see. Wild. Yeah, but I think the uh, the RF exposure comparatively could be negligible since it is much less power that they're putting on the airwaves, or it could even be less, depending on where you're located. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, uh, enough about uh, nerd stuff that uh, probably went a bit deeper into that than most of our listeners care for, but we'll... Uh, let's see here. Well, you know, it's about time we did a uh, musical shout-outs here. Um, let's see, it looks like announced uh, Winona and the Big Noise is going to be in Helen on the 20th. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh, they'll be there. What is that kind of thing? Uh, I forget her last name all the and time. The- She's got red hair. 
Wynona. Wynona Judd? Oh, it's one of the Judds. Yeah, that's the one, the Judd. All right, a new album out. So coming to Helena. Um, hopefully in the future she can come to Butte and get uh, get into the pit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, still a good idea they should do the pit. Uh, we've got the uh, Pub of Doom coming up here March 29th at the Back Alley Pub. That one should be pretty insane. That sounds pretty metal. Oh, yeah. It's going to it's gonna be pretty uh, insane. They're going to have Cambrian and Explosion, uh, Arc Heron, Thadol, uh, Death Trophy, and Jolly Jane. Uh, you know, all, all your favorites from back in the day. Uh, your, your great hits. Uh, doors are going to open at 8 on March 29th at the Back Alley Pub. It's 10 bucks. Well, it's a downright reasonable price, and indeed, there is no limit to how many people you can put in the back alley pub. In my experience, uh, I, you know, I believe it is that fire marshal sign is a suggestion. <laughs> I was going to say, I believe it's posted somewhere. However, it's an ex- it, it, the sign is just small enough; it's just at that legal limit. And uh, yeah, it, it pretty certainly gets hidden a lot by flyers and likes. Flyers or, or people are in the way. Yeah, there's too, so too many people in here. I couldn't see the sign. <laughs> exactly. And I can tell you right now, like nobody at the count in the door. No one, no one's doing head counts. Nope. And the fire marshal's not going to come out at midnight to see there's hundred people inside a uh, area smaller than an average garage. Did you did you but count them all, sir? Prove it. All right, everyone, one by one, everyone, come out here. One, two, three. Well, with that, uh, I think we got episode 23 in the book, so we'll just run through our business here and wrap it up. Indeed. You probably already here at the website, but if you're not, our website's going to be Montana Voices Podcast. I'd like to reach out for, to us for any reason, comments, concerns, to be on the show even. Our email address is going to be montanavoices at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is going to be at Montana underscore voices. You can hit us up on Facebook at Montana Voices Podcast. Uh, Twitch, I'll probably be doing something on that later this week. I don't know. We'll see how much shit I get down in my basement. But that is going to be twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. And you can find every single one of our podcast episodes on YouTube by searching for Montana Voices Podcast. 